Welcome, welcome, welcome. Greetings from André Isidoro, NASP São Paulo, Brasil. It's a really pleasure to have you with us. You are listening to English Sabbath School Podcast. Information and transformation. Good morning, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Where, whenever, wherever you're listening to, I am Mo Sena for the English Sabbath School Podcast. Lesson 2 for Friday, Friday, July 8th. Today's title, haha, say it together with me. One, two, three. Further thought. Thought, 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 thought. Yes, and those of you learning English as a second or foreign language, pay attention to the pronunciation. So, when we say thought, pensamento, pensamiento, thought, you have to stick your tongue out, all right? Thought, further thought. Very good, my friends. So, here we have uh, our lesson for today, and always with some questions and inspiration for us to meditate and think about it. But first, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the good night of rest, for the week that you provided for us. And now that we are starting a new day, may your word be with us, your spirit guide us. Oh, Father, we are not looking forward to the trials and tribulations, but if they come, We, and when they come, I think that's the question, Lord. When they come, help us to hold on to you and never let you go because you are chasing us. You're running after us with uh, your love and mercy. In Jesus' name, we thank you and praise you. Amen. And the lesson invites us to read uh, the following texts uh, by Ellen G. White, Effectual Prayer, In, the, in Signs of the Times, November 18th, 1903, uh, N.G. White Commons, page 1182, in the SDA Bible Commentary, volume 4, and God Permits Trial and Affliction to Purify Me, page 92, in my life today. Okay, And N.G. White, in this amazing book, uh, The Ministry of Healing, we have uh, the following from page 471, quote, He who reads the hearts of men knows their characters better than they themselves know them. He sees that some have power and susceptibilities which, rightly directed, might be used in the advancement of his work. In his providence, he brings these persons into different positions and varied circumstances that they may discover in their character the defects which have been concealed from their own knowledge. He gives them opportunity to correct these defects and to fit themselves for his service. Often, he permits the fires of affliction to assail them that they may be purified. Oh, remember that, my friends. The Lord is by your side every step of the way. And when trials and tribulations come our way, it's for our own good. He knows what we are made of. He knows how much we can bear. And he will never Uh, use things to punish us, but to make us grow and be transformed. But it can be painful. I say that. Now, discussion questions. It really can be hard while we are reaping the consequences of our sin. Will I ever be able to be made right with God again? We ask. What promises does God make that can encourage us to persevere through such times and not give up? 
What can you say to someone who is asking this very question? See what Paul wrote, writes later in Romans 5, 1, 11. So come on, don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Move it, move it. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, the New International Version. But please, feel free to use any translation that you prefer. The, the title is Peace and Hope. Uh, Paul wrote the following. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Beautiful, isn't it? Now, the next question. What does Ellen G. White mean by his providence? How does this work? How do you know when something happens by God's providence? What acts of God's providence have led to trials in your own life? As a class, discuss what you've learned at this time. How might you help someone else who is wondering whether some event is indeed his providence? Yeah, very good food for thought. Uh, coincidentally, I was talking, uh, I was reading an article yesterday. I think it was um, in the Adventist Review. I'm not sure, but it was saying exactly about this, that the word providence doesn't appear in the Bible. It is a term that uh, started to be used in Christian theology in the fifth century uh, by Augustine, and then it was adopted by uh, the Puritans and uh, Victorian Christians and American Christians in the 19th century. And that's the kind of language so uh, that they used to talk about God's wisdom, God's acts, and things like that. So what do you understand by God's providence. It's a good point. In today, in the 21st century, uh, what does it mean to talk about God's providence? Think about it. Next question. If you know someone who is going through a crucible experience right now, oh, mercy, Lord, does it matter or should it matter what brought it on? That is, how should you react to this person and, and his or her suffering regardless of what caused it? Very good question, because many times we have all the fingers pointing to the person. You see the consequence of your sin and things like that. But come on, the person is in the middle of suffering. We should try to bring comfort and hope to that person. Next question. A Christian young man living in South America went through a bitter trial. After it was over, he moved to Europe and later commanded to someone. 
I left my corpse in South America. <laughs> What does that mean? Yeah, by the way, those of you learning English as a second language or foreign language, what does corpse mean? <laughs> And why must we all, in a sense, leave our corpse somewhere? Mm. What role do trials have in that process? And final question, as a class, plan an outing to a hospital or somewhere where it could be of help, comfort and cheer to those who, for whatever reason, are in a crucible. Yes, just opening a parenthesis here for a, a testimony. Um, my, my wife had a very difficult father. He was an alcoholic and serious issues uh, with the family, a disruption, you know, what, what uh, an alcoholic can do to a family. And at the end of his life, he, uh, he was a heavy smoker. He had been a heavy smoker, heavy drinker, and he had cirrhosis. He had cancer throat in the, the throat. He had lots of different cancers uh, caused for sure because of his unhealthy habits. And, uh, and, and what happened? Uh, my wife, instead of blaming him and accusing him, saying, you see, you caused us so much suffering. Now you're reaping what you sowed. She tried to give him the best comfort that he could have at the end of his life. So praise the Lord for the Spirit of the Lord helping us to pay. Uh, sometimes we receive curses and we pay back with blessings. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, it's a long story, but you got the idea about crucibles, right? Sometimes we cause the crucibles to come our way. Other times they just happen because we are living in this world of sin. But anyway, how we get the crucible? We have to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. And when we see someone going through it, we should be offering them comfort and courage as well. Well, this is the end of Lesson 2 for Friday, July 8th. For more information, please contact us on Facebook, Believes UNESP, also on Telegram and WhatsApp, and on Instagram. Just look us up, Believes UNESP. Tomorrow, my friends, is the Sabbath. So I encourage you, go to a local church. Be a blessing. Thank you, Andre, for uh, your uh, very spiritual message, encouraging us. Explain to us what a crucible is in your line of work. And when you worked in a laboratory, there is the lab crucible. So uh, I love it, my friends. I love it when you send your comments and your suggestions and uh, your input and you share with us the experience because uh, it's communication, right? And it's a two-way street. And so if you have any points uh, that you would like to comment about the lesson or you would like to give your own insight about what a crucible is, share it with us and I'll be more than happy to share it with our podcast friends as well. Well, my friends, we've come to the end of this lesson. Tomorrow, please join us for English Sabbath School live at 5. Remember, 5 p.m. Brazilian time. We get together, a group of friends in different parts of the world to preview the upcoming lesson. Thank you, my friends, for listening, for sharing, and for praying with us and for us. <laughs>